This month's sponsoring label is Muzan Editions. Operating out of Nara, Japan since 2017, Muzan Editions has quickly made a name for itself as a top-shelf tape label, releasing albums by Bastion Void, Antlerd, Kyle Landstra, Cheekbone, Lee Noble, H. Takahashi, April Larson, Amulets, etc., etc., etc. Their latest tape, Deer Park by Aiden Baker, comes out on November 15th. Click on the banner ad at the top of the Tone to Other Machines website and it'll take you right there. Muzan Editions put together an amazing mix of gentle synth sounds for Patreon subscribers. For those who donate $10 a month, you will also receive a discount on Muzan Editions tapes. Hello, this is Madeline from Midwife. David Nance. Seth Graham. Kiaville. Mike from Uniform. Lee Noble. Braden J. And you are listening to Tone to the Weather Machine. Hey everyone, welcome to the relaunch and rebirth of the Tome to the Weather Machine podcast. It's hard to believe I got the opportunity to sit down with Brendan Canty, Joe Lally, and Anthony Pirog. You may hear me say it, but Fugazi was the reason I became a social worker and are responsible for shaping some of my earliest beliefs about how community should function. I talk mostly about the aesthetics as a new collaborative project, but it should be stated here that Rites of Spring and One Last Wish remain two of my favorite bands of all time. All Tome to the Weather Machine mixes, as well as some of these interviews, will remain free, but any support you can provide is much appreciated. Your contributions will help me purchase decent recording equipment and allow me to continue putting out great music through Wided Sepulchre Records. As always, support the artists and labels you love by buying directly from them. That's it. DC and they're playing a show here in uh, Cincinnati tonight at Northside Tavern. Um, so I guess we'll just kind of start um, with the formation of, of this group. Obviously, Brendan and Joe, you have quite the history of playing music together, but how did this trio like form? What was the impetus behind this? Um, should I go ahead? Take it away. <laughs> well, uh, Anthony and I had... Uh, met over the, well, let's see, let me think about this for a second. The Fringe. Uh, the Fringe, we were on the same bill. I had, um, you know, uh, he and his wife were playing, his uh, wife Janelle, and he had a, a duo, and she plays cello and he plays guitar. If you haven't heard any of that music, you should listen what's, to some What's the... It's called question? Janelle and Anthony. Okay. Yeah, it's great. They have a, uh, two records out. Yep. And... Um, Anyways, they, we, I was playing, I have a duo with uh, Doug Kalmeyer called Super Silver Haze, which do kind of film, mm-hmm. and loud instrumental music with film, and um, we were on the same bill, and I'd been seeing uh, Anthony um, at um, around town playing in very different uh, guises, like yeah. as a noise and as jazz and all these different things he was 
trying out. He seemed like a very ambitious and brave player. And I find we finally played together, and I was like, I really love your work. And um, and so we we looked uh, for something to do together. And I was uh, scoring uh, the end of this burn to shine. Do you guys want to? I just happened to stop by. I'm working in the back later. Do you guys want to? Um, I can open it up if you want to load your stuff in. Okay, well, we're gonna, we, have, we're, we just well, started this like, interview with, with that. Open it. Oh, no, it's fine. No, no, maybe it's great. Open it now. And we'll load it in load as soon as we're done. Is that okay? Yeah. Do you know, she, for some reason, thinks that somebody should be back there. I was just running next door to eat, so if I come back in like 20 minutes, you can Perfect. Go That's great. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> we like having guests. <laughs> Everybody, that was the uh, owner and proprietor. I don't know. I know. She had keys. Yeah, she had more keys than me. Door, which is more important than anything. <laughs> Holds the fate of the show in her hands. I know. Well, bless her. She seems very nice. Let's hope she now, comes back. Back yeah. to Washington. Anyways, so we were... Um, uh, Burn to Shine. You know, so uh, I had this film, Burn to Shine, uh, that I had filmed with a bunch of bands in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And at the end of it, it was this destruction footage of the of the house. And the house, the, I've done a few of these films, and there's always at the end of them, there's a, that we destroy the house that the, that the film is filmed in. And we needed music for it, and I, uh, and so I said, why don't you two come and, and play, play with me, and we'll try it out. And uh, that was both Janelle and Anthony. So Janelle and Anthony. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's really, and it really is a really fun thing to do. So we, so I set up the monitors, and Janelle was on cello, and Anthony was on guitar, and I was on drums. And so we played uh, four times through, and, it, and we got each time got closer, and then you know, and then we nailed it. And it was like, oh, that was so great. It took like you know half an hour, and it was just really fluid and wonderful. Um, and so I said, that was great. I love playing with you. They said, yeah, that's great. I love playing with you, uh, or we love playing with you. So I was like, okay, and then I just kept that like around and as an idea. And then Joe had been back for a little while, or came back about a, a few months before that, and we were um, we were playing together, we were, uh, playing a lot of his songs. But then he was also showing me all these songs that he had written over in Europe, which had um, were much more open and much more uh, improvisatory, and um, had this very accomplished. Uh, um, great guitarists on all over it. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, and um, you might, Joe, you just a couple just, of good guitar players. But describe that, that who those people there. were, because this is an experimental music podcast. Yeah, and, yeah, that's <laughs> drop, drop some names. Yeah. Well, in in Italy, I was lucky enough to um, play with this drummer, Joelle Pagliaccia, and I um, got to him by playing. By having friends in a band called Zoo, who are from Rome, Z. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, like heavy, like sax. Yep, exactly. Yeah, drums yeah. and bass. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, they had they had played in the U.S., but I had met um, actually when we were in Fugazi, we met Massimo Pupillo, and he was very young. He worked with oh, yeah. Carmelo, but anyway, he. <clears throat> He had me play with a drummer in him when I first did my solo music over there. And so uh, through that drummer and, you know, other people, I just started to see a few things. I didn't go out that much and see shows, but I met, um, through Joelle, I met uh, Manlio Maresca. And he, he was in a band called, I can't remember. 
can't think of their name. But they recorded with Albini. So he had, okay. he had come over and actually recorded with Albini. But otherwise, he'd been in bands over there playing. I mean, he's just an amazing, as a solo guitar player, he's just a very accomplished player. And so I was really fortunate to like do the last touring I did over there. Joelle invited me to do some shows before I moved back to D.C. But... In the last three years that I lived there, um, I wasn't going out on tour, and I was just working on music at home. Mm -hmm. So a neighborhood friend um, where I was living. Oh, no. So Ricardo Coccolini was one of the guitar players on there, and I would go into a club that he worked at in the morning with him uh, when people were cleaning up, and we would set up and record live guitar there. So I had some interesting sounding tapes even though they were recorded very basically and then the bass lines I kind of always felt I'd go back to and figure out but I had laid down just very repetitious sort of single lines a lot of time um, but I was just trying to get ideas together and I didn't understand what it was at all so I played all that stuff for Brendan and I think that just made him think about a much more accomplished guitar player that could improvise and just kind of take the music somewhere different anyway that's how we that's how we ended up playing as a three piece just to see where see what it sounded like he invited anthony over and three of us got together and played awesome. so that sort of brings anthony in the band um so, sorry so that kind of brings uh, us up to the time when anthony has joined the mesthetics could you tell us a little bit about some of the projects that you've been involved with in dc um like maybe it's like reader's digest version because there's like been, you've done a lot. Okay, sure. Just keep it short, okay, man? Yeah, yeah. Just okay. <laughs> done a lot of improvising in D.C. <laughs> cool. Um, so, yeah, as Brendan mentioned, um, my main project uh, for a long time was my duo, the duo with my wife, uh, Janelle, Janelle and Anthony, and um, we did two records. We've been playing for 14 years as a band, uh, so yeah, we have a record out in Cuneiform, and um, I also, in 2014, released uh, another record on Cuneiform Records um, with Michael Formanek and Chess Smith, and um, there's Chess a... Smith, the, 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 the drummer, drummer. yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, and there's a good experimental scene in D.C. It revolves around the um, Sonic Circuits Festival that happens once a year, and I've done it ten years in a row now. It's called the Sonic Circus Festival? Circuits. Circuits. And, um, yeah, um, that's, there's a lot of um, electronic, experimental, and improvisational music um, in that scene. And, you know, I was playing around D.C. doing jazz, and there's a great improvising collective in Baltimore, my wife and I were a part of called the Out of Your Head Collective. So I met a lot of people in Baltimore and um, we moved to New York for a year and played with a bunch of people like um, Elliot Sharp, Andrea Parkins, Ben Monder, David Torn. Um, there's a lot, but um, is that enough? That's great. Okay. Uh, well, we actually kind of keep going on that. Yeah, he, um, he has a lot. He has a lot yeah. of people that he's played with. Do you want to know more? Because there's a couple yeah. more recent well, uh, things. So I've got a question. So this isn't the uh, first like band that you played with that is like made up of like kind of like members that have been in, like other bands and stuff like that. Haven't you? Um, or am I getting this? Done something with John Bruce? Do you pronounce it? That's John. Yeah, yeah, John. Joe's project. 
passer. <laughs> but you did. I mean, but, with, oh, but, uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Chamberlain. Oh, Jimmy, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that was a band. What's that project called? That was called Skysaw. Okay. It's that was a two-year-long project for, that started in 2009, and we did a record, and it came out on Dangerbird Records. But that was more of a heavily produced and orchestrated rock band with vocals. So. So, you you've done the uh, kind of out and free experimental stuff. And then... That's what I was drawn to when I was performing under my own name, and um, uh, yeah, but that was that's more of like um, they're not bands. It was special that Janelle and I, you know, had this group that played all the time. We wrote music, and the idea with that was we'd have compositions, and in between the compositions, we improvise freely and create interludes. Um, and um, yeah, just with the I, I studied jazz in school, so. Um, there's the more recent band with Marks and Snarrows. Yeah, that's a, a current group that's recording now. It's called the Low Ways Quartet. It's Marks Cisneros on sax, Luke Stewart on bass, and Ian McComb on drums. Um, I just had a record come out on Clean Feed, Rec- Clean Feed Records uh, with Dave Ballou on trumpet, Adam Hopkins on bass, and uh, Mike Cool on drums. And I did something with William Hooker that came out earlier this year, uh, John Aravagon, James Brandon Lewis, and Luke Stewart again. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've just been playing, but in the improvised scene, it's like this group of people is playing let's do that it doesn't really repeat um, even when I had, was performing under my own name with groups it's like who's available and just kind of piece it together can, can does DC support that like sounds like a pretty wide and like pretty di- like disparate like group of experimental and jazz musicians they don't really yeah it's great for me and my wife we've been really lucky because we've been able to weave in and out of the different scenes so I do a telecast thing in kind of the style of Danny Gatton and Ruby Cannon that's in the Roots thing and we're playing in rock groups and jazz groups and um, doing the improv thing but a lot of the scenes don't really mix in Baltimore it seems like there's a healthy mix of different types of players like jazz musicians and the heavy experimental people from the High Zero Festival Um, and a lot of that has to do with um, Peabody being there and Towson so there are a lot of students eager to experiment and like when I was a student I just wanted to learn as many styles as I could so I could be playing as much as possible. Right. So. so where does the aesthetics um, kind of, what you're doing with the aesthetics kind of fit into all of that? You've done your kind of like free experimental uh, improvised stuff and then you're kind of like more kind of standard rock band. Um, where, where does the aesthetics fall in, in that? Well, I feel like we can do a little bit of all of that so that's really exciting and um, to have the opportunity to be a group that plays and rehearses is really great and something that I haven't really done other than with my wife since I was in my early 20s so you know we can write things that are challenging for us and work on them together and kind of develop a group vocabulary and um, that's freeing in a way because um, a lot of the times with my groups I just hand out a sheet of paper and hope for the best and, and that's <laughs> kind of stressful so we have, we have a good repertoire and it's just before we played our first show it was just really fun to hang out with these guys and play with them and it didn't even occur to me that we had to perform in front of people until a week before our first show and I was like oh my god now people are going to like hear it and judge it And but it's been just fantastic from the beginning we should also just say that, that really we, we had played together that one time where you know I was singing my solo stuff it's not like we even looked into the 
music that I had been trying to make in Italy. It's, and so we, that was great, but then they were both busy with other things. And Anthony really asked us to be the rhythm section for a record he wanted to make. So it was, it was kind of like, in a way, doing what he had always done, which was just sort of realizing one idea after another. But when we started to play with him, we just gave him as much time as we needed and just felt we just were so happy to be playing with him and enjoying what we were doing that it slowly became the Mesthetics. I just wanted people to know that Brennan and I weren't trying to form something that we found Anthony. It really just came about because Anthony had asked us to play. And then it just, uh, coming to the first show, we, you know, we turned into a band by the time we were ready to play the first show. Where was your first show at? A little place in Arlington, Virginia called Galaxy Hut. Okay. So literally standing in front of the like storefront, you know, to a bar. But It'd be like playing the front, the front, the north side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what it's exactly what it's like. Um, we should also mention that Janelle is Janelle Lapine, and she plays in The Priest. And oh, okay, yeah. she has Mellow Diamond. Yeah. And uh, I got to play my solo music once with her. It was fantastic. But anyway. Awesome. She's yeah. a great player. Great. So look her up, too. Yeah. We, you can move. We can take a break. It's okay. No, no, no. No, she was just saying if we, we can load in. Oh, okay. Whatever. I still want to interrupt again. Oh, that's totally fine. Sure. Um, this thing, this is very loose. <laughs> um, so you, when, like, when was that? When, when did, when did the formation of, like, the mess that, when was your first show, I guess? The first show was easy. It was May 1st, 2017. Okay. So that first show. And then since then, um, you all have recorded an album. Um, is this your second tour? First tour? We keep doing these, like, little, uh, like, week-long or two-week-long trips around. So this is, like... Uh, so it's like we recorded in the summer. We went and opened for Pinback for a few shows in September. I forgot what happened after that. We probably played around D.C. a few times, but then started to uh, look towards just going out and playing, you know, long weekends. Mm-hmm. So that happened through April, May. We, we would go out for three shows, five shows, eight shows to Chicago, you know, there's five shows that went up to Montreal and back. And then we even went down south before that um, and did shows around the south. So it's just all these, like, anywhere you can, whatever direction from D.C. And then uh, managed to get a Japan thing together and did that at the end of May to early June. Wow. And that went really well and was awesome. That was like eight shows. So with um, so Anthony, so with your with your background and like improvised music and, and rock stuff and Auburn, I've actually seen you play um, just recently at Memorial Hall um, for the doing kind of like live soundtrack and uh, live like foley and stuff like that for um, Brent and Sam Green's uh, documentaries. Yeah, and Sam has Sam has been doing this Corona's Quartet film, so he's touring that around, you know, in sort of bigger theaters. A film with, with the, Cro- with Cronus, the Quartet? Cronus Quartet, about the Cronus Quartet. I think it's their 50th anniversary or okay. something like that. And he uh, made a film about it and performs it with the Cronus Quartet. So that's like a big deal. So he's mm-hmm. basically stopped doing the the, the um, 
short films program. Um, so um, Sam, uh, Brent has been doing his short films program, and we sort of he and I were doing it solo, and then just recently the Mesthetics joined Brent Green to do that at the National Gallery in Washington D.C. Wow. So we're going to be trying to do some more of those as well. Um, trying to do a little bit more collaborate with this group, collaborating with some other people. So tell me a little bit about. Um, the uh, the group that played in Cincinnati. Yeah, that was my um, that was uh, my brother James Canty who played who plays in the makeup and Nation, and Nation of Ulysses yep. and Ted Leo, um, and so he he was playing uh, Becky Foon who plays with Silvermount Zion. That's right. Yeah, yeah. From Montreal, uh, she was playing cello. Um, uh, uh, Kate Ryan is Brent's wife, and she's a drummer and a vocalist, and also does all the foley, the sound mm-hmm. effects on stage. And then Brent Green and uh, Sam Green. Mm-hmm. Brent plays guitar. So yeah, that was, uh, yeah, a really amazing thing to see. Um, Thank you. Drew, Drew had just invited us, and I really wasn't really sure what to expect, and so um, it was really uh, cool to see that. And bringing, you know, my wife, who like experimental film. Film, like an experimental music really isn't her thing like just absolutely like loving it and like having such a good time was really incredible it's a good it's a great program I yeah. mean it's, a, it's got a lot of uh, uh, emotional dynamics yeah I would call it very, very much yeah um, so how much does um, so without having seen you all play live um, the record is a very it seems like at least a very kind of like tightly composed tightly performed um, record full of like song songs um, how uh, how does how does that translate into your live performance is um, is it pretty faithful to the record or is there a lot more improvisation well, the, the, I mean, those songs, some of them were written with Im- improvisation in mind. Mm-hmm. So things like Serpent's Tongue, like the head and the, ta- the, head and the tail are, the, are the, what they are, and then everything that happens in between is totally improvised, and we have multiple versions of it. So that was the, you know, that was the, the most uh, successful or the one we liked the best that we put that out. Um, other ones are, yeah, they're very, very tightly composed. Um, Anthony can probably speak to it better because he's the one who does most of the improvising. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, Serpent Tongue is more like a jazz form, like head, solo head, so it's open in between. Um, the first track on the record, Mythomania, was started off as, um, you know, the groove and then that melodic statement that happens three times to kind of break the thing up into threes, and I was being pretty loose, um with the improvisation on that but just for the sake of time on the record kind of worked out how long I wanted each kind of movement to be Um, and live it's kind of follow that form but it's not written exactly Um, so but other than that you know other than solos I'm not really improvised we're improvising in between songs as interludes Um, but yeah a lot of it's composed but there's definitely that element of improvisation and interplay you know between the three of us so um all of you are are you all of three of you lifer like lifetime dc i mean i understand you've moved away but like are you you all from dc sort of originally i come from rockville maryland i come from maryland 
Island, right half hour north <laughs> okay. of D.C., and then Anthony comes from Vienna, Virginia. Is Vienna kind of within that loop? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Got it, got it. What is... So I'm really the only true Washington. True dc <laughs> I'm actually going to be there in August 7th through the 6th through the 9th. So, uh, for a conference. Um, a music conference? No, it's a conference on homeless youth. Um, so my job is I... Um, Work for a nonprofit called Strategies to End Homelessness, um, which kind of manages all of the homeless services here in Cincinnati. So any program that gets money from the government um, is kind of goes through Strategies um, for where we can apply for and receive grants, and then we provide all the monitoring. Um, and so Cincinnati was just awarded a pretty large grant to end youth homelessness by 20. 20, and so uh, I'm going to D.C. next month to talk about how it's going. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, I, so as somebody who's going to be visiting there, um, what are some, like, standout musicians, bands, um, things that are kind of, like, happening now in the city? I, I would say you have to check out the Rhizome. Web, website and see what's oh, going to be there when you're yeah. there and just see what you can I always see like Mark Masters posting really cool shows there and um, I know a musician who I really like Jeff Barsky who plays under Insect Factory yeah has uh, played a couple shows there looks really cool it looks like kind of like a living room type situation but it's a house yeah. it's a house nobody lives in and it's the upstairs used for like art um, exhibition and, and then downstairs music people play they sit in the dining room and watch you play in the living room <laughs> it's great it's really the best vibe of any place in DC and it really and it sounds great and they're very generous to the artists and they, you know they really take care of it everybody everybody loves going there it's great yeah in a, in a land in a DC is just like uh, has uh, it's really expensive, mm-hmm. so there's just less and less, you know, truly uh, free and cheap places to play, you know, um, less uh, spaces that don't make economic sense. So that place doesn't make economic sense, and yet it's awesome. Yeah. And as far as people, I would definitely, for experimental music, I would definitely look up uh, Luke Stewart. I just saw today he was featured in Downbeat, so it's really exciting. He's really important in the experimental improvising community in D.C. and organizing shows, playing. Um, so that's someone that definitely look out for. I love those places that um, yeah don't make any economic sense. I would love to know... Um, how those places operate. Uh, Pure passion, man. Yeah. Swear to God. We need more places like that where, um, yeah, it, 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 they're not making, like, they're not paying for from the sale of alcohol or um, any other, like, economic factor other than just, like, supporting artists and musicians. Um, and I feel like... Um, kind of to bring this back elliptically um, that is one of the uh, like contrib- like hallmarks or I guess contributing factors that like the DC scene, DIY scene um, had you know when 
when we're talking about some of these spaces that are um, intentionally set aside to play or to have like performed and to promote um, completely accessible uh, to everybody um, regardless of people's ability to like buy alcohol or to you know sometimes pay for the show um, I, whenever I um, am looking for places like that like I always um, I always try to like see who is doing that in this in the city and if a spot like that exists and oftentimes when you try Trace that back. You can kind of trace it back to some of the ethos that I existed, or kind of like exists in popular myth, um, like in in DC, um, you know, in the in the 80s and, and early 90s. So, yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you all so much for for chatting with me. This has um, been great. Uh, learning more about the formation of this band and definitely where to check out when I uh, when I go to DC next month. So, thank you for that. And um, yeah, looking forward to tonight. That's true. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah.